With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of RB1 Pulling a Don't Tinker podcast. Brought to you by BigTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Just Clark Barnes, Mr. Clash, Jordan Smith, and the men, the myth, the legend, Gene John Nick. Uh, guys, how are we doing today? Ready to set it and forget it for tomorrow. Set it and forget it. That's why we changed our branding. You do not tinker, people. Set, leave it, trust yourself. Exactly. Yeah. No mistakes this week. No mistakes. No mistakes. And there won't be any mistakes because we'll tell you who to successfully start and sit this weekend and you'll uh, you'll succeed. Um, before we get into football, though, I wanted to start the podcast with a little pop culture chat because I know uh, everyone here were, let's be honest, sure. the most the most tuned in people of pop culture out there. Yeah, I'll go use the bathroom while y'all uh, talk about this. <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Um, did any of you guys see the first trailer for Vice? The Christian Bale gains 70 pounds and a beard gut to be Dick Cheney and Sam Rockwell just needs to be himself to be George Bush epic. Ooh, I have not yet. No, when did that drop? Not. It dropped today and it looks lit. No, I haven't. I've been watching the Dark Phoenix trailer on repeat over oh, and that, over and over. That does awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been really busy with crafts. So we've got Christmas coming up. So <laughs> uh, me and the girlfriend are testing out making our own vanilla extract. And then I made a delicious habanero and ginger vodka, which I highly Ooh. recommend. Ooh. And I'm actually enjoying Ooh. it tonight in my new come and take it koozie. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, Very when you exciting. say you made it, did you just put habanero into vodka and then say, I made this? Yes, of course. Okay. Stealing your own alcohol is illegal, Nick. I would never admit. Never break the law. Sorry. Nick is just used to it, his criminal activities that he has to do in Washington where they don't allow him to gamble. So he has to secretly have a bookie and everything is yeah. under wraps. And so he's used to doing the criminal world. No DFS in Washington, Nick. What the hell? I, I what the app, Nick? It makes me so mad. I missed out fault. on one slate, dude. I've never been a part of one. I like how I like how I tried to do a pop culture moment, and it very quickly just became alcohol and football. <laughs> Clearly, our, our our topics are set in stone. Don't try to step out of our, our comfort range. Clearly, is the moral of that story. I was about to say we so rarely stay on brand. It's amazing that we <laughs> veered back to football. Literally so came back onto brand. I was trying to get us off, and then and then I tried to get us to feel ourselves, and we immediately came back to football to the topic at hand. So well done, us. Uh, so there you go, everyone who tries to heckle us for talking too much about our own personal matters. We tried. I tried and failed miserably. Uh, before we get into week five start and sits, let's quickly recap Nick and my's week four locks, um, since we were the only ones who made them, since Jordan and Clark were not around or a part of it. What uh, the hell, guys? Yeah, what the F, you guys. You could have at least like tweeted yours in, but yeah, who? whatever. Who? What? Where? When? How? Me? What? You talking to me? Uh, 
Let's start with my week four lock, uh, that of Jimmy Graham going for 15 points. Did not come true, although he did score a touchdown, which I said he would, but I'm not going to count myself that. Somehow in my head, uh, I've settled upon the number 15 as a good number to pick for my locks, but I think, honestly, I need to start lowering my sights since I'm now uh, 0-2, calling 15-plus points, so going to going to self-correct there. Nick told our dear listeners that Emmanuel Sanders against the Chief was going to go for 150 yards and a touchdown. At the very least, uh, that did not happen. As instead, he went for 45 yards with no touchdown. So uh, this raises the question, which we will put out to the Twitter sphere: uh, Which one of us will win our lock first? Who will who will have a successful lock first? So we'll post that poll out into Twitter's and let you, the listeners, decide. My vote is Jordan because he's the most rational of all of us. Oh, I thought you were talking about between you two. No, no, no. I'm voting between all four of us. Jordan, you haven't even put in a lock yet. You don't. You haven't even been a part of. Locks of the week. Nick I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go lock. Because yeah, Clark does like six every time. Yeah. So one of those, one of those is bound to work. Clark is playing the odds of probability. I feel like the puns excuse the blatant disregard of for the rules. That's okay, right? <laughs> it's become five. you've you've started that trend, Clark. I I know you guys listened to last week's podcast, last week's uh, start and sit podcast. Um, where we Nick and I both had good puns. We both had good lock puns. I've got a good one in the bank tonight. Y'all, I just came up with one. Y'all wait for it. Y'all get ready for this. But hey, uh regarding Emmanuel Sanders, uh JJ Zacharyson posted something about how he's the only uh top 30 receiver without a uh, red zone target. Sanders reposted that. Saw it. Yeah. Salty. Salty. Yeah. I mean, he kind of should be, but whatever. Yes. Are we supposed to do locks of the week on this show? Or is that Monday? <laughs> That's this show, Clark. This is the starts and sits. Okay. All right. <laughs> again, again, we try to veer off brand and we just get pulled right back onto brand. Good lord. Perfect. Perfect. Uh you can't you can't script this any better. So let's just let's just get right into the week five starts and sits. Let's start with the shit shows, the games that will be utterly pointless and useless and are a waste of your time watching. And we'll start with Thursday night matchup, the Indianapolis Colts going to New England to take on the Patriots, uh, in which half of the Colts offense is injured or dead. So don't really see this game being close. Um, My start for this game is James White. Uh, we're finally getting a reliable fantasy season out of white, which is great. Lovely to see. Uh, and that's not going to change this week. The Colts defense so far this season has given up the fifth most receptions to running backs uh, in the force, the force, the fourth most receiving yards. So white currently leads the Patriots in targets and receptions. Uh, you do the math there. He's going to get a lot of work against the Colts on Thursday, which is today, since technically this is when the podcast comes out. Uh, You're set for this week. Obviously, this is going to pain Clark, but it's Naheem Hines. After his breakout game last week, I'm sure he'll be a very popular start this week. I am just saying to temper your expectations. The Patriots are average when it comes to stopping opposing backs, but they've only allowed one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown to running backs so far this season. And Belichick loves to take away the what the opponent does best on offense. And I think that'll be focusing on the short passing game, which Hines has been vital a vital part of. I think the Patriots' game plan is going to be forced luck to throw the ball downfield and see how his shoulder strength is. Uh, I just think that there are better starts this week for for running back than Hines. But I'm sure Clark uh, will will have a, a different take about that. 
I think if you're expecting what he did last week to happen again, that's a little unreasonable, but we've got word that T.Y. Hilton is going to be out this week, so someone's going to have to make up some of that production. So I love you, Pete. I don't know about this one. My thing yeah. about Hines is that um, the, the Patriots just want to take away your best thing, like whatever you do best. And uh, without T.Y. Hilton, it's left up to Naheem Hines and Eric Ebron, which is – less than inspiring so yeah i would i would be wary about heinz going off again the real so question I, I have pete is that i traded uh ronald jones for josh gordon am i a genius or did i really mess up oh it's a genius don't start josh gordon this week but josh gordon is you traded ronald jones for josh gordon who made that trade one of my fine league mates oh my goodness ronald jones that's a, that is a steal for josh gordon in my humblest opinions he sounds like a good friend. He sounds um, like a good person. So, so I'm I'm on board with Clark here because uh, the Pats they're down. T- I think you guys just lost two linebackers to injured reserve. What does that I, mean? I think, what? Uh, what? I think that they're going to be they would be the guys who cover and uh, who are going to cover Hines. I think if you're a Hines owner, you might be sweating bullets through the first half as they like try to stay in the game and maybe play a little bit more of like a ball control kind of offense, but. Second half, when the Pats are up by like 45 points, I think Hines is just going to be getting peppered with targets because, as we said, Hilton's out. Uh, somebody's got to catch the balls, and it's going to be apparently Hines, a running back, and Eric Ebron. Y'all overlooking Ryan catcher. Grant. Ryan Grant is going to feast. Fair enough. He's going he's gonna to get 30 targets this game, and you're all going to laugh. Are you worried that if two of the Patriots' starting linebackers are injured that they'll accidentally start someone with speed? that's my hope let's just hope that they stumble into being like oh damn we're done we're all out of our big thumpers let's uh, i guess we'll start our thin athletic guy at linebacker ah shit what a bogus move this is and then suddenly he got three interceptions and covers naheem hines and shuts him down which is why you said him oh clark you just fed perfectly into my narrative uh let's move on to the next another shit show game the kibosh tennessee titans take on the Buffalo Bills. Oh my God, Clark, is this game even worth viewing? No, it is. I'm furiously working out lock puns. We'll go <laughs> ahead and uh, get to the Tennessee and Buffalo game. So I've I've really enjoyed trying to give these games a star rating. Uh, so this game, I give it a meh star, meaning you're not really going to start anyone this week. Buffalo's look terrible, and Tennessee's defense has actually looked okay. Uh, so, I mean, I think you start or you sit LaShawn McCoy even. There's just there's nothing in this game other than the don't you know I'm Loco Loke of the week. Derrick Henry is going to get 100 yards for the first time this year in this game. <laughs> Ooh, saucy. Yeah, I think he's I mean, I watched the Bills take on the Packers last week just from the opening whistle to the ending whistle and. Josh Allen couldn't hit anybody for anything. And several times there, McCoy looked like he was just going to put the ball on the turf because he kept on like holding it out away from his body. And I was like, he should probably tuck that up a little bit tighter. So uh, yeah, I would sit McCoy. 
I'm down to Sim McCoy. I cannot imagine Derrick Henry having a productive day at this point. Or I, well, I guess maybe if Mariota's getting healthier, it might open things up, but I am not banking on that. That's not a lock for me. That is not. Look at you, Clark. Clark is Clark is, is feeling himself with this lock right now. <laughs> it's the don't you know I'm loco lock of the week. It works. It, cool. it, it's not only a great lock pun, but it's also perfectly describing Clark's mental state as he makes the claim. Frankly, I'm surprised it's not Deion Lewis. I know, Why? me too. Clark, it's very off-brand. I think they're going to be able to sit the clearly superior player and put in Derrick Henry. I think Henry also reminds Clark of uh, Leonard Fournette. That didn't and, make sense. And that's just a statement. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> that is just a comparison that Nick is making. No, There's nothing to draw from it. Just, just, just something Nick noticed. I got confused. You're so ready for this week. We are, we are on our game. Maybe uh, we should ticker tomorrow. I don't trust myself right now. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, another shit show. The Los Angeles Rams are heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks in what I can only assume is just going to be a massacre of the ages. Because, Nick, I have to honestly ask you this question. Uh, what is the probability that Russell Wilson makes it out of this game alive? Uh, 30%. Well healthy or alive because i'm sure he will get hurt alive i was thinking yeah. alive okay yeah alive's like 30 percent. okay cool this this is gonna be so rough um so the the obvious start answer is just all of the rams but what i'm actually going with is uh doug baldwin i think that we will we're, we're gonna get blown out and it will force pete carroll to try maybe like five or six pass attempts in the second half even though he doesn't want to and all of those are going to go towards Doug. He's a great receiver. He's playing with a bum knee. But him and Russ have a special little mind meld thing going on. Um, he led the team in targets last week, I think, with seven, which is like I, – I can't believe that that's the leading number. But anyway, he'll get more looks this week. Uh, so my start for this game, my non-obvious start for this game, is Doug Baldwin. Um, my sit is the Seahawks running backs. Uh, a lot of people scrambled to pick up Mike Davis this week. And then yeah. today, Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson is going to be fine. He also said that Mike Davis uh, will be part of the rotation no matter what, if Chris Carson's healthy. And who knows what Rashad Penny is doing? Um, oh, first round running backs. But uh, either way, the Rams are holding enemy backs to 86 rushing yards per game. It's fifth best in the league. It doesn't matter who's going to get the ball. They're going to be running into Sue and, uh, and, and Aaron Donald all day long. Pete Carroll also said that they didn't pay their players at USC. Take that Seahawks fans. Pete Carroll bringing, bringing that underutilized uh, college payment system to the NFL where you don't pay your players. Nothing like nine-year-old takes on brand here at <laughs> Yeah, I think in just by this week, I mean, we have the Chiefs and we have the Rams who look like they're just head and shoulders above everybody else just from sheer talent on their rosters. And the Seahawks look like they're in – they might be competing for a top three pick, and it's kind of sad to see. But without Earl Thomas, I wouldn't expect much. No. We've tried to get uh... – Sark fired. We've tried to make him be our like our our coach of the of the year that we're going to get replaced. I am starting to think because we, for little background, we were very successful with our last year quest uh, to get Mike Malarkey fired. Uh, we got him fired last year, so we need a new a new coach to get fired this year. Uh starting to think Pete Pete Carroll is 
running in in the running and right. should deserve a nomination. Second the motion. Okay, we got the Seahawks fan on board. That means that means he needs to get fired. Pete Carroll, come on, let's uh, start actually coaching an NFL team like we're playing in the NFL. As a dynasty uh, Ridley owner, I'm still on the fire Sark train, and I want to bring. How are you on that train if you're a Ridley owner? Ridley's been f-ing killing it. Because I want somebody who's even better than him. Ridley's been doing this all by himself. I'll just say that much. Can I, can I tell Sark's story? Yes. Cool. So a uh, buddy of mine was a doorman in the U district at uh, University of Washington. He, he put something on social media a little while ago uh, when Sark had another alcohol incident. He said there were, there were five times when he had to escort a patron out of his bar. Two of them were Steve Sarkeesian. This is at a, a college student bar. Steve. Like escort because he needed help or because he wouldn't leave? I think there's an a, there's a very important distinction there. Uh, because he was belligerent and they had to cut him off. Okay, unacceptable. Steve. We've all had a little bit too much habanero and ginger vodka before. You just can't be a dick about it when someone right. says, hey, you've had too much. Right. right. You got to get a brand name, Clark. Mm. Maybe I'm working on it. Sponsor one of your one of your uh, locks for this week since we, you're going to have oh, one for every game. That's a good idea. I'm full of them. Uh, last game in the shit show category, we have the Arizona Cardinals heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Uh, my start for this game is Matt Breida. Here's the only stat that you need to know about this pick. Uh, the Cardinals defense is giving up an average, an average of 31.7 standard points to opposing running backs through four games. In average. They're also giving up seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, needless to say, both of these are worst in the league. So this is advice for the rest of the season. Start editing running back that's playing against the Cardinals. Brita is the clear number one back in San Francisco. He, taking, he took 63% of the snaps last week uh, and out-touched Morris 12-5 to against the Cardinals. So he's the guy you start. He's going to ball. He's going to eat. My sit this game is uh, Larry Fitzgerald, which should kind of come as an unsurprise uh, to anyone who's read anything that I've written this week, I wrote a piece on fake teams earlier about six players you can safely drop, and Fitz was one of them. The Cards' offense has just been trash. We all know that. Uh, even with Josh Rosen, I'm not sure it's bound to get much better. Uh, I know it's slightly unfair because he's been banged up to start the season, but he's on pace for his worst statistical season of his career. Most notably, he's currently on pace for 88 targets, which would be 20 less than his previous worst. He's never had below 100 targets before in a season. He's not getting the ball. He's banged up. He's a sit for me this week, even against a 49ers defense that's vulnerable against the pass. And he's also kind of a guy who maybe if you can trade on name value, trade him. But if not, cut him. He's not a roster rosterable court, uh, wide receiver anymore. Um, one thing that's pretty neat, if you were um, the winner of whether you picked up Alfred Morris or Matt Breda, at this point in the season, Matt Breda's third in rushing yards. So that is also a very great sign. I'm sorry for everybody else who may have went with Alfred Morris. Just, I'm sorry. Sorry for anyone who listened to someone on this podcast who maybe said Alfred Mistakes Morris. were made. <laughs> I was totally on either way. <laughs> it was 50-50. It was 50-50. It was a flip of a coin. We flipped the wrong coin. I like, there's not much that needs to be said about that game. Hence why it's in the shit shows. So let's move on to the if I am bored category. Games that maybe you'll tune in because you're like, what else do I have really going for me? Uh, Which last week, I believe, was brought to you by Amazon delivering you pizza. 
Um, and this week is brought to you by oh, Amazon Pie. Amazon Pie. Oh, ooh, that service. talk about branding. Clerk Burns, get that shit to Amazon. Um, they should have a pizza delivery service called Amazon Pie. Heard it here first. Uh, let's start with the New York Giants taking on the Carolina Panthers. Jordan, who do you like and who do you hate in this game? Um, so who I really like and who several people should actually be liking and actively starting on a consistent basis now is Sterling Shepard. Um, he's been the one that really has picked up the Evan Ingram slack over the past two games. Um, he's averaged eight catches on an average of eight and a half targets, which is nice. Um, 78 and a half yards per game and has scored a touchdown in the last two games as well. So ever since Evan Ingram went down, uh, Sterling Shepard's been that guy to pick up that slack. Um, he's averaging 15 fantasy points per game in PPR, um, okay. which is just a really nice choice to have. I believe he's 23rd ranked wide receiver or something like that. But uh, while Odell has his touchdown allergy currently, he's really the second best option on the Giants behind Saquon Barkley, who continues to do things. Um, yeah, he's just having a, a sneaky good season. And for a sit, this is actually the the game that I just could not find a sit for. Um, fair. That's fair, Doc. Uh, you can the, pull in Nick and just do two sit, two starts. Well, I was looking because the Panthers are actually coming off a bye. I was going to say Cam Newton, but coming off a bye, I just feel like the Panthers are going to be rested all around. Um the Giants are bad against running backs. The Panthers are actually surprisingly bad against running backs too, despite having Luke Keekley. Um, this is in the, the passing game. So I expect Saquon Barkley to have a pretty big game. I'll I'll put a lock in for Sterling Shepard having 15 points again. Let's just keep it rolling. I think he's going to, um, I mean, his numbers aren't that hard to keep up consistently and he's been having glue for hands despite Eli Manning looking really pedestrian I love these picks good stuff man yeah and I'm you know I'm all about the uh the double start analysis I like the Sterling Shepard call it's a it's frustrating as an Odell Beckham owner that Sterling Shepard is like continuously outperforming him and being uh Eli's go-to guy very upsetting uh it's very upsetting for Odell too as we can tell from his sideline antics um but Ultimately, you capitalize on who's performing, and I'm, I like it. Good pick. I entertained trading Odell this week just because I, I was like, I need more production out of a number one wide receiver, and right now he's playing like a number two. But I, I just I have faith that the fantasy gods are going to swing it in the other way, and he's going to start getting those touchdowns soon. I tried to I tried to trade Odell in our RB one fantasy league for Melvin Gordon on name value only, and that trade oh got, did it work? It got rejected. <laughs> you tried to trade an incredibly disappointing wide receiver for the top scoring running back. What the person say? <laughs> he said he said, "Oh, this is so close to a great yeah. trade. I'll just just misses what I'm looking for." And I said, "Gee, Willikers, that's rough." Yeah, it was a t- it was a tough pill to swallow. Uh, let's move on to the next game on the if I'm bird category. That is the Dallas Cowboys heading to Houston, the Battle of Texas. I knew that you were going to do this to me, Pete. It's your <laughs> whole little bit that you keep putting the Texans in the bad game category. And hey, man, so far you've been part. right. I've been I've been 100 right. They got so far. A, so far. They're they're slowly creeping up there. Yeah. So this is a gold star game. You kind of start everybody that you think. You should start in these games. So, of course, you've got 
Zeke, Cole Beasley's a start. Texans cannot cover shifty wide receivers over the middle. Uh, you saw Naheem Hines just absolutely go nuts in that role last week. And T.Y. Hilton had a great game before he had to exit with his hamstring injury. And I think Dak's a start this week as well. You, I mean, you start everybody on the Texans that you would, Watson, Fuller, Hopkins, and Kiki QT. I think you sit, if you weren't already, Lamar Miller or Alfred Blue, depending on who plays. Uh, so the Library of Congress lock of the week is DeAndre Hopkins gets you two touchdowns this week. Mm, saucy. I'm running out of lock puns. You're yeah, right. I didn't. I didn't get that one. Library yeah. of Congress. It's an it's an acronym. Uh, Library of, of oh, Congress. The yeah, LOC. Okay. Yep. All, All right. right. I get it. A little, a little explanation. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you just you run through them because you do a lock for every game you talk about. You do four locks a week, Clark. The rest of us just do the one, and then we can store our lock puns. That was so. That was good stuff, though, Clark. Um, but I, I can't. Would you start Cole Beasley? Yeah. I mean, as a flex, like I think he's going to be like 22 or 23 in PPR this week. The Texans wow. do not have anybody that can cover shifty wide receivers that run their routes over the middle. That is every week. Hell. James White killed him. Naheem Hines killed him. Well, you, well, you know, those are good running backs. I know, but, but they killed them on their short receiving routes over right. the middle. Right. They didn't kill them rushing for 100 yards. They killed them on those receiver routes. And that's just what... The Texans just can't cover it. I will doff my cap to you, sir, if this comes true. I, is that the right? Is that did I say something that was I accurate? Off, yes, I think I, I, I mean, it's archaic yeah. language anyway. So <laughs> who cares? On a personal note, I I dropped the Texans in a couple leagues. Uh, I was mistaken. I thought their defense might be a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I would definitely give Cole Beasley or anybody on Dallas a swing because their secondary just isn't very good and. Uh, J.J. Watt may be heating up. You know, he's got five sacks, but he's also got five sacks against the Colts and the Giants, and those are probably two of the three worst O-lines in the league. And Houston has a third, so there you go. One final final little biter just before we end it. I think it's the worst. What's the Cole Beasley bet, Nick? What's the kind of – where are you taking Uh, the under? He is – he does not go over – 55 yards and does not score i'll take it yeah I'll, I'll give you i'll give you 65 plus yards i think he goes over 65 yards thank you clark it's very nice okay. damn we're gonna come back on monday when we, or on tuesday when we do the recap and we're gonna have to get clark uh jordan's taylor and fit him for a new pair of uh, suit pants Nailed it. <laughs> uh <laughs> next game in the if i'm bored category uh we have the oakland raiders coming off of a win what Crazy, it finally happened. Uh, taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Nicholas, what you got for us? So, start for this game. Um, I put it in, in my uh, streaming QBs piece. It's Derek Carr. He went absolutely nuts last week in uh, against Cleveland. I think Gruden's figured him out a little bit. Um, I would hope so. He, he hung 437 yards on him with two TD or four TDs, two picks. I don't think he's going to do that again, but this uh, Chargers defense has given up. Uh, it's been more quarterback friendly than I think any of us expected going into the season. I think he's got a great shot to finish as a low end QB one or high end QB two, uh, two, excuse me. Um, They've given big days to Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff and even guys like Josh Allen and C.J. Beathard. 
turned in usable performances. Like Allen had like 245 yards. That's nuts for Josh Allen. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I think I think that uh, that Derek Carr is a a solid bye week fill-in. Um, and this is my lock. Heed Martin, start of nice. the week. Start number two is Marshawn Lynch. He's going to finish as a running back one. He'll be a top 12 running back this week. Um, he's the RB10 overall. And I saw this stat tweeted out by uh, Pro Football Focus. He's got 24 missed tackles, which is five more than the next closest runner on the year. He's he's like vintage beast mode. 254 of his 300 yards co- have come after contact. He's, he's rejuvenated. The, I, the Bay has brought the beast mode life back and it's awesome so Marshawn Lynch lock it in it's going to be an RB1 this week yeah I like the Derek Carr start I think that some injuries in the backfield for the Chargers have really hurt and I think Joey Bosa being out is really killing them they had the potential for a fantastic pass rush because they have those two amazing pass rushers and uh, Bosa and Ingram and he's been gone and their defense has looked pedestrian to be polite about it yeah, Marshawn Lynch has been easily the most exciting storyline about this Raiders offense and this Raiders team outside of Cleo Mack just being a uh, getting traded and they're they're missing his pass rush. David Carr's hair is more interesting than anything then, coming out of Oakland. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. It's been it's been amazing to watch Beast Mode like legit be beast mode uh, especially i was all ready to write him off and in fact i think i've already written him off on this podcast multiple times before um it's f- it's fun to have like a traditional just like bruising power runner in the nfl i feel like we're getting to the point where a lot of these running backs are all kind of these like super shifty elusive guys coming out of the backfield make some people miss catch some passes it's nice to have someone who just like is a bruiser you just like all right we're just gonna run like 20 to 25 power runs up the middle and you're just going to toast everyone on the defense. It's fun to watch. He's so much fun to watch. He is. I'm a little worried about the Raiders losing Donald Penn to IR, um, but the Chargers are 32nd against wide receiver ones and 25th against wide receiver twos, so that could help open things up if they decide to start chucking the ball around the field. Do you start Amari Cooper this week? I won 75 cents in a 25 cent GPP with my Derek Carr and Amari Cooper stack. Freed up wow. a lot of cash. So 75 cents, that's like a, a bus ride. Yeah. I I think you do. I think that this is I, I now have to shift from hashtag never Amari to mm-hmm. hashtag almost never Amari. It has it has a similar ring to it. Slash. I don't know. Amari Amari uh, Amari scored two points in week one. 16 in week two, two in week three, and 22 last week. So I think he's due for a down week. Is he's on deck for, for 20 yards then. he's on, Yeah, he's on deck for a, a two-point performance. <laughs> the, the roller coaster effect is a real thing. Don't doubt that, people. Uh, let's go on to the last game in the uh, If I'm Bored category, and that is the Denver Broncos taking on Jordan's favorite team in the NFL. Sorry, Packers. Take a backseat to the upstart New York Jets, who have yet to really upstart and do anything. Yikes. Oh, yeah. J-E-T-S. Um, so the start, and this is a defense that I have replaced um, the Houston Texans with, and that's the New York Jets defense. Uh, they're only 27% owned in um, fantasy football, and they're the number third ranked fantasy football defense right now. Um, 
they have just a pretty solid um, secondary bringing over Tremaine Johnson. Maurice Claiborne hasn't been awful. Um, part of that also has to do with them playing Case Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one. Uh, so that might be a little bit why Emmanuel Sanders hasn't gotten a whole lot of red zone targets. Um, but he has thrown six interceptions this year. So his uh, TD to interception ratio is one to two right now. And I like the Jets defense against the Broncos. Um, the sit, it's got to be Demarius Thomas. I was looking at percentage owned again, and he's still 95% owned, but he is the 53rd ranked wide receiver in fantasy football right now. That's just not good. He's averaging eight fantasy points per game. And to be totally honest, he kind of belongs on waivers until further notice. Uh, he almost scored last week. That was pretty much entirely Case Keenum overthrowing him and losing that football game. But that's Bill, did you watch still. that? I, I know exactly yes. the play you're talking about. Demarius Thomas like gets off the off the press and then just like kind of lets up his route. And then suddenly has to like reaccelerate when Case Keenum throws in the ball. I think I don't think it was the best thrown ball. I also think Demarius Thomas kind of did not put in a more consistent effort on that route that he ran. I think he. I totally agree with your sit and the fact that I also think Demarius Thomas could be easily a player that you uh, axe and leave on waivers until he actually does something. So in that case, I feel like it's a lack of chemistry. Yeah. Well, yeah, Keenum's afraid to throw outside, but he's leading the team in targets. That is, that's incredible. I, and I totally agree with you, Jordan. I think he does belong on waivers. But is there another situation outside of probably Amari Cooper in the NFL where the team leader in targets belongs on waivers? I really don't think so. Then again, the Broncos don't have a lot of other <laughs> options. It should be Emmanuel. Who's leading yeah. the Bills in targets? Opposing <laughs> 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 defense. Well done. Yeah. Oh, Jordan with a zinger. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Uh, he loves throwing it to double coverage. Okay. So let's now move on to uh, the these will be good games. Games that might actually have a little bite and kick into them. Uh, and we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, and I'm learning from my mistake last week, and my start this game is John Brown because he's a must-start until proven otherwise. The Browns do have a good defense, but they're giving up the 11th most points to opposing wide receivers, and we know that uh, John Brown, I have just Brown in my notes, but then I was like, oh, I'm talking about the Browns and John Brown. I can't just say Brown because you're yeah. like, oh, are you talking about the team? Are you talking about the player? And you can't say Jay Brown wide receiver either. True. Because we got Jerron. Yeah, he might accidentally get a, a target. It's so confusing. All right. Jonathan Brown, the wide receiver for the Baltimore Ra Ravens, <clears throat> uh, his game is to get the deep ball and take the top off the defense. Uh, and there'll be plenty of opportunities for him to do that against a defense that allow has allowed the eighth most receiving yards so far this season. So uh, he's definitely a start. Don't make my mistake and bench him. And I'm doing something a little special this week. Um, mixing it up, my RAB locket of the week brought to you by part of Voldemort's soul is a sit, baby. And the pick is Carlos Hyde. Sit his ass. Uh, this isn't much to do about Hyde. It's all about the Ravens run defense. They're allowing only 10 points per game to opposing running backs this to start the season, which is third best in the league. Uh, and they've allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards. It's going to be a tough matchup for Hyde, um, clearly, who's averaged under three yards per carry in half of his game so far this season. So 
My lock for you, my friends, all you Carlos Hyde owners, he's going to finish with single digits this week in standard scoring and will not find the end zone for the first time this season. So lock that up. No. Carlos Hyde is going to continue to go <laughs> off and help my fantasy team. I was only fist pumping for your uh, Lord Voldemort locket. You like locket. that reference? Yes. Regulus's, Regulus Black's locket. Nailed it. That was great. I got, um, that, I got that one from, from Becca. She, she helped me on that locket. <laughs> Shouts to Becca. Shouts out to Becca for her Harry Potter knowledge. I love the John Brown pick, um, and and I would anyway, but uh, the Browns just lost one of their starting starting corners, uh, Terrence Mitchell. Not really familiar with him, but I saw that come across my Twitter feed. So awesome. Like, they're down a starter on the outside. Jonathan Brown, the wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, is going to eat. I hope so. Um, And what do you guys think of Nick Chubb? I think that the running game this week – will hide and disappoint <laughs> because the Browns have a chub. Oh, there's just throwing puns everywhere. That wasn't even, that was great. That worked very, very well. Good. I like Nick Chubb. Uh, I was thrown off by the Harry Potter reference. I knew I should have gotten it and didn't. But uh, I'm waiting. Car- Carlos Hyde is a fine running back, but I think Nick Chubb is one of the next young running backs that's going to take the league by storm. That's why I was crushed when the Browns took him. But you saw this week, like, obviously, two carries for 400 yards and two touchdowns isn't going to happen every week. But, like, that's what Nick Chubb is. Like, he is fucking amazing. And if he didn't play for the Browns, we would have been talking about this week, too. And I watched those two carries. The His two big runs were not something where it's like, you know, uh, it's a stretch play and there's just no one in between him and the end zone, he just gallops for 60 yards though, especially the second one, the second big run that he had for a touchdown, he bounced off of like seven different tackles before he fell into the end zone. So, and he also looked, he didn't look faster than everyone, but was still just like hitting the edge and outrunning everyone to the end zone. So I think he's, I think if, if he, if that is just like a, if he is feeling good and he's feeling healthy, I think it's only a matter of time before he becomes the starting running back in this in this backfield and takes over a lot of uh, Carlos Hyde's touches. If anyone other than the coach that we have for the Browns was coaching this team, I would agree with you 100%, but like the Cleveland Brown running back airplane has to crash on a mountaintop in Chile for Chubb to ever get a shot at this. It's just not going to happen. Well, Chubb can't be on the airplane, though. Yeah, it, it just needs right. to be huge. It would be it would be like the veteran plane. The the plane with all the veterans would crash on a mountaintop in Chile, and then the rookie train, yeah. the rookie plane would land safely in Cleveland, and that way you would have uh, not Baker not so. even Ted Williams batted a thousand is what I like to think about. This is good, dark. It's, it's a good. You're point. forgetting that um, T- Todd Haley and Greg Williams are going to make sure that Hugh Jackson gets on a, a chartered jet all by himself. Oh. The coup is still on. It, oh, it really pains me that that hard knocks was is not season long because the Todd Haley slash Greg Williams relationship with Hugh Jackson was something that I could not wait to watch continuously deteriorate throughout the season. I For hope real. there's more to that story. Like, I hope that we hear like week eight, like Todd Haley expresses he doesn't understand what's happening with the offense. Like, I <laughs> oh god, oh, it's so good. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Miami Dolphins heading to the Cincinnati Bengals, which is technically a game of three and one teams versus each other. But oh, do we really consider the Dolphins a three and one team? Nick, what do you think? 
only because their record is three and one. But <laughs> so uh, my start for this game is Kenny Stills. Since he is allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year, and number ones especially are eating. So are, so are the other guys, but like T.Y., John Brown, Funches, Julio are all having huge games against them. Um, last week, obviously, Sanu and Ridley went off too, but Stills leads the team in targets, yards, and touchdowns. He's the number one target. He's going to eat against the defense that can't stop number ones. Um, my sit, this is probably pretty obvious, is Kenyon Drake. Frank Gore was the starter and the closer last week, and Drake received a total of three carries and two targets, one of which he caught. On top of all that, since he's getting back, Vontae's perfect from suspension. So just avoid the Miami backfield at all costs. But but Vontae isn't perfect. (laughs) It's a tough look for the – Offense as a whole, and Ryan Tannehill can't get over 100 yards passing. So anybody in that backfield is just going to get swamped if he keeps that up. Yeah. <clears throat> For the last couple of weeks, I've tried to make Kenyon Drake a thing, and it has failed miserably. So I'm perfectly happy just uh, washing my hands of him. Let's move on to Jordan's second favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, heading to Detroit for an NFC North showdown. So I have... No real, I don't know if I believe this is going to happen, but this is what I super want to happen is for Aaron Jones to be one of the strongest running back starts that you can make this week. Um, There's really nothing, there's nothing more that he can show. Like everybody was watching that game against the Bills, even watched him when he um, got into his first game back in week three, and he was pretty electric even still. He's averaging 6.3 yards per carry so far. Um, His carries total increased from six to 11 Um, Jamal Williams hasn't done really anything to prove that he should get a heavy workload. Um, There was a few instances last week where Aaron Jones was pretty effective in pass pass blocking as well. So that can't be Jamal Williams only crutch now. Um, And then with Randall Cobb out, Ty Montgomery is best used as like a fill in pass catcher. Um, I don't want him to get many carries and I don't think he should get many carries. Just throw him the, the football and let Aaron Jones tote the rock at least 20 to 22 times. Um, My sit for the week is Matthew Stafford. Um, He has been playing a little bit better lately, um, but he's still only the 17th ranked QB um, in fantasy, averaging 17 points per game, roughly. Um, His career numbers against Green Bay are uh, 298 yards per game, and he's getting about two touchdowns a game against green Bay, but he also averages over one pick per game. So he's probably going to throw one or two interceptions this week. Um, and the Packers quietly have the 10th ranked pass DVOA, um, which is pretty impressive and a shock to me. I love, I love the Aaron Jones pick because I totally agree with you. Like, I don't really understand what more Mike McCarthy needs to see from Aaron Jones to be like, Oh yeah, this guy is supremely talented. We should give him the ball mm, 15 to 20 times a game. Um, like you said, he's averaging like six plus yards per carry and has played two games uh, to Jordan Will- Jordan Jamal Williams Jamal <laughs> to Jamal Williams is eight uh, four games and has almost recorded as many rushing yards as him. So an easy an easy start for me. I would love for him to have a breakout game this this weekend. So I, I think that uh, I think that this could be Aaron Jones's week, but I would consider selling high on him. 
because he is not a very good pass catcher. He's got a reputation as being one, but he's never gone over 20 yards uh, in a game, uh, receiving yards in a game. And he cannot pass protect, which they're going to need Jamal Williams out there to do that for Aaron Rodgers and his bum knee. So if if Jones goes off against this awful Detroit run defense, he's a hot name. I bet you could get a lot more than he is worth on the trade market. You think you can get Melvin Gordon for him? Because I've tried to trade for Melvin Gordon, and I gave my best offer, and it got rejected. So I don't know what more people want for Melvin Gordon. Add him to your Beckham offer. Yeah, I'll add him to my Beckham offer. I would actually consider that Odell and Aaron Jones, two players that I have deep affection for, for Melvin Gordon. That might be interesting. Well, you don't have Melvin Gordon in the RB1 league, so I don't know why you're, you're no help to me. I can't play off of your off of your sympathies. I have him in another league. Let's just, Let's just swap cross, between leagues. Cross Perfect. Leagues. <laughs> That's a thing. That should be a thing. Let's be honest. Speaking of the RB1 fantasy podcast lead, mm. myself, Clar the Mighty, is a sole possession of first place with a 4-0 record. Uh, so good good work everyone else yeah let's uh yeah a good little interruption there for for a, a shout out of clar the mighty just slowly but surely winning the league yeah to all the listeners out there Le'Veon bell is widely available for just a good football <laughs> player is for that literally the, anyone yeah i got a i got a week or i got a win two weeks ago and that was sick so i'd like to i'd like to get a second I'd, I'd like Speaking to levy on for good football player. Like, wasn't that the dumbest tweet ever? Like we'd like a second rounder and you know, a good player for levy on like, right. come on. Like no one on the Steelers could give Schefter better copy for that tweet. Like that's <laughs> what they go with. Like a decent oh halfway, maybe like a, 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 a Kind of starting caliber. Give me an example. Give me like like an Anunwa level player. Like at least throw a name out there. We would like we would like an average starting offensive lineman and a second round pick for Le'Veon Bell. Seems like fair value. You can tell I'm a great trader. I mean Odell for Melvin Gordon, an offensive lineman, and a second round pick for Le'Veon Bell. I'm killing it, killing it with these trades. Sometimes being shameless helps. Yeah. Killing the Bills should just send McCoy over there. Just swap running backs. Yeah, there's no way the Steelers say that. Yeah, to that. McCoy is on his last legs. McCoy is retiring in the next three weeks. All right, I redact. He's pulling. He's pulling a uh, Vontae Davis and retiring halfway through the game. He's getting out of there. Uh, last game in the these will be good games category. We have the Washington team uh, heading to New Orleans, coming off of their bye to take on the Saints. Park. Ooh. Let's not uh, let's not try to hide the hide the true story here. This, my friend, is an Adrian Peterson revenge game. Is he a must start? I did not cover that angle Ooh. in my analysis, uh, but we can we can make sure we throw that in there. So this is a gold star game. You're starting everybody, and what I'm really going to be watching this week is the team in Washington has ran the ball incredibly well and new Orleans has stopped the run statistically incredibly well, but Washington's been in pretty good game scripts and new Orleans been in pretty good game scripts to force teams to pass. So I'm curious if Washington's going to be able to run against a defense that we think is pretty good against the run. Uh, I think you start everyone in this game. Both of these offenses are good enough to pick apart the opposing defenses. So I think you even start Paul Richardson in this game. 
I want to get Alex Smith in there. I'm starting Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm starting Mark Ingram in his first game back. And I think hello, Mark. And Drew Brees are our starts. Um, I don't really have a sit. As you know, like I never remember what we're going to do each week. So I didn't know it was start and sit. Um, (laughs) I thought it was what to watch for this week. So (laughs) what to watch for the. Washington running game against the Saints run defense. Um, uh, but look, this is the fifth of these episodes that we've done. He writes it down. I, well, <laughs> that's not the point. Right. But okay, I got it. Here's where I tell you about myself. Okay. The master lock combination lock of the week. There it is. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both crest 100 scrimmage yards this week. Ooh. The Marky Mark and the Kamara bunch tandem is back. Oh, thought of that off the top of my head, suckers. Good work, Pete. Thank you. Nice. I I think you're not the only one who can brand here, Clark. I was going to say, I think this just goes back to my my point on Tuesday about just defenses – uh, for fantasy, especially, just needing to be abolished. There's like one good defense, yeah. and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Um, in football, and the Bears, and it, I guess, and just, the Bears. which is just Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, and and the gang and the bunch. Right. Um, but even still, it's I don't know if it's just because it's the first month of the season and you don't get a whole lot of practice time. Teams are rusty; they haven't really congealed just yet. Or we're really starting to see a good impact from not only the roughing the passer calls, but all the uh, just don't breathe on the wide receiver penalties that have been just formulating over the past couple of years. And I mean, through all these gold star games that we're talking about now where you can just, hey, start anybody, anybody could have a potential big game. It's just it's getting a little out of hand. Hopefully that changes in another four weeks. So I, I got to say, I would sit Adrian Peterson. I, I do not see game scripts allowing him to stay in. I've got him at uh, RB26, and I felt like I was kind of generous there. I had Chris Thompson at 19. I think that I mean, he's, the, he's the team leader in targets, and I think that Alex Smith is going to have to throw a lot to, to keep up. Ah, I had a point to make, but let me think. Nope, I lost it. I think I lost Whose it. alarm's going off? That was my. That was a car. Nick, are you okay? Is that your car? It's a car alarm out here on the streets of Boston. Thank you for checking, Clark. The hard, the hard streets of Boston. If I'd known it was Boston, which is a city rampant with crime and ne'er do wells, I wouldn't have even asked. <laughs> wouldn't even. Wouldn't even have cared. We've all uh, seen the departed, Clark. We all know what happens. <laughs> we all know what happens in Boston. Exactly. Uh, it was Bastonians. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's move on to the games of the week. The highlights, the pinnacle of the season. Well, the pinnacle of the weekend. Uh, we have, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Nicholas, who are you starting? Who are you sitting? So uh, stop me if you've heard this before. You start your pass catching running backs against Atlanta. So fire up James Conner. He is eighth. Uh, in targets amongst running backs in the NFL. He's got 26 through four games. He's cooled off a little bit, but uh, we've been talking about how Atlanta was down. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. 
They also lost their starting free safety, Ricardo Allen, and now their stud defensive tackle, Grady Jarrett, is going to be out as well. I think this is going to be a huge James Conner game. And for Sit, Sit Devontae Freeman. Uh, until I see him out there getting the majority of touches again, I'm not going to believe it. And prior to his uh, re-aggravation of his MCL and PCL, he and Tevin were splitting the workload pretty evenly. But the the issue with, with the MCL and the PCL is the way that he injured it is that he just stretched them out. And once you stretch those ligaments out, they never really heal. They're a little bit more they're just sort of like a rubber band that you pulled too hard. It's it's all they're always going to be a little bit loose, and he's at a high risk of re-aggravating the injury basically if he plays too much. So I think that at, at best he's going to return to a pitch count. Um, I looked this up. He's if the team cuts him, they would lose 14 million in dead money. So I don't think that they're gonna do that. I think that they're gonna run, they're just gonna put a bunch of tread on Tevin Coleman's tires try to keep Devontae Freeman fresh because they got him through 2022. And Edo Smith has shown that he can fill in for Tevin Coleman pretty effectively. So I think they're going to try to preserve him, get Edo some run, and get Tevin a lot. And uh, yeah, I am I am off the narrative that, that Devontae Freeman is just waltzing right back into this uh, number one running back spot for Atlanta. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's Pete, but I need Pete to say that Tevin Coleman is a good running back. Tevin Coleman. I No, Clark needs to say it. I was a fully aboard the Tevin Coleman train from the beginning of the season. Clark and I have had a beer bet from like the first, from like one of the early podcasts from this episode, from this off season, talking about how Tevin Coleman is going to be a top 15 running back in fantasy this year. To be polite, Tevin Coleman is serviceable at best. Exactly. See, that's the person who needs to say that Tevin Coleman is a good running back. Clark, real quick. Would you rather have Tevin Coleman or either or all of the running backs that the Texans have on their roster right now well the Tevin Coleman but that's because the Texans are f-ing terrible this year that's right. not fair at all that was a low blow Nick I mean like right in the kisser good shot but boy low blow to the kisser yeah well let's well that's what I call it let's keep, let's keep uh let's keep piling it on Clark uh because now you have to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in a in a game of the week because you know what it's the first legit defense that Pat Mahomes has faced so far this off this uh this season how will he fare the chiefs did really well against some defenses that it looks like it's going to turn out are going to be incredibly terrible last monday night against the broncos they struggled a little bit but they struggled on their way to scoring 27 points and winning the game So it's going to be incredibly interesting to watch one of the hottest young offenses with the Kansas City Chiefs go against, okay, mark it down. This is the time. The best defense in the NFL. There it is. Clark said something nice about the Jaguars. Mark it. Lock it and load it. I'm really worried about everybody that I want to start in this game. Uh, We had a lot of disappointing performances last week from Kansas City. Mainly, if you're thinking like, oh, Clark doesn't know what he's talking about. Mainly because they had Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and tied. So if one of them had had one more yard, I would probably be giving different analysis. So please keep that in mind. But do you want to start TJ Yeldon? Do you want to guess what wide receiver Blake Bortles is going to throw to? I think 
unfortunately, Blake Bortles is probably one of the better starts in this game. So, I mean, you got to start Tyreek Hill and Hunt and Mahomes, but it's going to be a really uneasy experience. The, this this game's going to be great, I think. The eye roll that Clark just gave for, I guess you got to start Blake Bortles, <laughs> is something that we are going to capture, gif, and be using all season long. Gun to my head, I would start D.D. Westbrook. If we had to pick a Jags receiver, I'd like I am happily starting D.D. Westbrook in like three, league, three leagues this week. Despite my previous compliment for the Jaguars, I still cannot get on board with Blake Bortles being actually good. Doesn't need to be good. He just needs to be good for fantasy purposes. I know. And he's right. facing the worst pass defense that is out there. Clark, it's okay. You don't need to say too nice things about the Jaguars. Don't worry. Well, we're just we're just uh, we're just saying some things, and you can just sorry. The tone loke loke of the week is Travis Kelsey still gives you one hundred plus yards in this game. Travis Travis gets you one hundred plus yards. Well done. I'm so uh, glad me and Travis are on speaking terms again. Yeah, well, Clark and Travis are not clearly. He's if he gives me 99 yards this week, I'm, I'm <laughs> quitting Travis Kelsey. Probably. It's going to be the first time in NFL history that they've recorded half a yard. He's going to get 99.5 yards just to spite Clark. Finally, our last game of the week, we have the Minnesota Vikings heading to Philly to take on the Eagles in an NFC Championship showdown. Jordan, who is going to come out of this game victorious? Let's call this game because let's let's start with that because this is possibly could be the biggest game of the weekend. You have the Minnesota Vikings coming off of a, a upsetting loss, I guess you could say, against the Rams. They went toe to toe with that offense and and ultimately couldn't couldn't come up with the win. And then the Eagles have been looking spotty at best, uh, but I think both teams are going to come to this game really wanting to get the win. So I think this could be the best game of the weekend. So, Jordan, let's start with calling it. Uh, who do you have winning this game? Um, well, technically, if we're calling it, I'm calling it the are we sure these teams are good game. Um, but I think Philadelphia, I they like you said, they started out a little bit spotty. But I think now that Carson Wentz is coming back into the fold, we literally have milked all we could out of Nick Foles. Like, he won a Super Bowl. Great. He looked okay serviceable less than average in the first two games but now that Carson Wentz is back I think he's he's going to be fine and the Eagles are going to start uh connecting I had to check our <laughs> fake teams predictions and to I see, have to see who you have because like I agree with Jordan like do we know that either of these teams are actually good I pick Philly I mean but this is the toss-up game cool. I can't wait to watch it though Cracker it's gonna be a good game. real NFL game it's gonna be a good game I have the Vikings. I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this. I think they're going to get I think they are going to want to win this game more than the Eagles will uh because of how the Eagles ended their season last year. So, I I picked the Vikes, but I'm kind of thinking I should have gone the Eagles. I saw something right before we started recording that um Vikings running backs are averaging like less than half a yard before first contact. Yeah, Vikings that, running backs. I mean, but the that Eagles D-line is just going to blow them up. Now I'm second yeah. guessing. I mean, classic move on the pod, you pick one team, and in print, you pick the other. Cover your bases. Nick, yeah, you're exceptional you at that. Thank you. Uh, Jordan, let's give your starts and sits now. Uh, starts, I'm going with Jay Ajayi. Um, He's back from injury last week, and he put together a pretty respectable 15 for 70 yards. Um, 
But one of the things that stuck out most was that he didn't appear to be in much of a timeshare despite coming back from injury. Uh, Wendell Smallwood only got five carries, and I don't really even know what the word is on Darren Sproles, but he's not much of a takeaway carries type of back anyhow. Um, Minnesota is also ranked 30th out of 32 teams against the running back position, which is um, less than okay. Uh, the sit, I am actually going with the Vikings defense. I don't mean to slander the Vikings defense too much, but I just feel like they've got a lot going on. They've struggled to put it together this um, early this season. Uh, they're still 90% owned, but ranked 21st um, in fantasy with 6.8 points per game. Uh, a lot of that does have to do with kind of being torched by the Rams. Uh, losing Everson Griffin is a tough one as well. Um, so, they might actually just start having issues on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball in the trenches. Um, and like I said, they haven't been able to put it together. They're bad at covering running backs, and they're also pretty bad at covering tight ends. And that's something that the Eagles can also exploit. So if you're looking for another start, Zach Ertz might finally find the end zone this week. Yeah, I, I, I dig all that, man. I uh, found that really compelling. Um, I should have picked the Eagles. <laughs> Nick is just hung up on his own, I his own faults. He's like he's he's just like he's like giving a very vapid answer to Jordan. Vapid's like you know, good job, Jordan. Honestly, I didn't listen to a word you said. I am just still caught up in my own mistakes that I have made. Part of it is that it's at uh, Lincoln Financial, right? It is. The Eagles uh, are at home. That was my thing last year with the Vikings and the Eagles in the playoffs. Is that I just thought the Vikings would struggle a little bit playing outside. Uh, and they sure. proved that they weren't as fast on defense as they were playing in their cozy dome. Mm, it's true. They should have stayed in an outdoor stadium. I was very upsetting when they built it indoors. Um, well, there you go. There's your week five starts and sits. As always, uh, Nick, Jordan, and I made one lock. Clark locked up half the NFL, so... <laughs> We're all going to keep tallies on that. He is just increasing his odds of being the person who gets uh, hit the first lock correct on the podcast. So, you know, he's just he's just doing it for the fame. We all know. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Follow, rate, leave reviews. Give us five stars. Uh, say some nice things. Why not? We'd love to hear what you have to say about this most excellent podcast. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Nicolas at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys next week to recap uh, week five, as well as talk about who helped no one give that award and do some other fun stuff. Who knows what else we got going on? Uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, and until then, peace.